you know, we're going to pop in for Mondays. I know we can go Guess everybody, we can get the discussion started. Give everybody six minutes. We always try to give them that extra, that extra minute just to get on. So nobody's late and everybody's not behind. But I yeah, know today's topic is all about what happened to relationships being a passion. And obviously we want we want our panelists to really answer that. Like why what happened where relationship is no longer relationships are no longer a passion for y'all. If y'all believe that's so, if y'all don't believe it's so, what do you think? What's going on, Barry? We see you. Hey, Barry. Yeah, I was just going to say, normally I like to jump in immediately and give you first thought, best thought, but I, I think I want to meditate on this one for a minute before I answer. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, yeah. What's the question? Oh, you see, you running late, man. You got to get on time. Get on time now. <laughs> My bad, man. Listen, <laughs> listen. I'm trying to, just try to get it together. Yeah, yeah, don't worry oh, about it. Um, long, the topic long is... What happened to relationships being a passion? So we really just want to know, like, I know we do this every Monday, and we've been doing this for about 18 weeks now. And, you know, like sometimes we get on and we're really discussing relationships and the pitfalls and the things that we go through and we're trying to rectify it and give everybody optimistic view on relationships. So, you know, we're trying to educate so you can go on your relationships with your eyes open and you know, really have healthy and equal relationships. But my question to y'all is why relationships aren't a passion anymore? All right, I think I'm ready to answer that. Um, <laughs> oh, drastic, got it. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess, the like, my approach on it is I don't necessarily agree with it, or maybe I don't fully understand what you mean by that. Because as far as I'm concerned, like, relationships still are a passion. Like, even these... Like, even this podcast on Monday nights, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is just something we do once a week. We're not necessarily breaking bread every day and talking yeah. every five minutes. But we meet every every week around this time. And, and as far as I'm concerned, there's a level of passion that goes to this. You know what I'm saying? Like, phone calls come in. I'm ignoring phone calls. I'm, I'm not responding to texts. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm trying to get myself mentally prepared to where I'm not, you know what I'm saying? My time's not going to overlap and that, that I can be here as punctual as possible. You know what I mean? So... As far as I'm concerned, relationships still do have a passion. You know what I'm saying? Like, different relationships got different levels of passion, though. I don't think that's – so I think a lot of people have just gotten tired of the, the games that they perceive or that happen within relationships. And so a lot of people, they want to be in relationship, but relationships, but I think there's the level of fear and the level of just tiredness to, to – Cause you know, there's a lot of stuff out there nowadays with about relationships and you get, you get, it's saturated because everybody's now an expert on relationships. And a lot of times is, is so much bad information that is hard to sort through. And it just makes you, you know, just makes you look at relationships. Like, you know what, if this is what I got to go through just to simply have a healthy relationship, I'll say that I'll stay, I'll stay by myself. Fuck all that. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not doing this. If I got to jump through that many hoops just to simply be able to have a, healthy, happy relationship, it ain't worth it to me. And I think a lot of people feel that way. Okay. I would say that I think it goes along with... I can't hear you. Right. Did Jasmine you speak up a little bit? Can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah. I can hear you a little bit. All right. 
I think it kind of goes along the line of what we talk about as far as um, how we are now prone to uh, cater to like selfish emotions and the person who has like low self-esteem and enabling certain behaviors and that they're looking for a level of selfishness. So I think that a lot of times at this point, relationships, people are looking how, people are looking to see how they can be self-fulfilled. So based on selfishness, it's like, if you're not giving me what I want, when I want it and you're not catering to me, then I don't really, it's, it's more of a hassle to deal with somebody, to grow, to, to listen to how I have faults, to, you know, than then it is to actually put forth the effort to actually um, have a healthy relationship. And drastic, like, although I do agree with what you're saying as far as, like, it does take a certain amount of passion, like, in different relationships, I don't think it's a good example for what we're talking about only because it, this is easy. Come once a week, yeah, that's, that's easy. Passion deals with, like, a level of, like, I feel like it's constant dedication. Like, I'm checking in with you. Yo, Drastic, what's good today? You know what I mean? This coming in, I can, I can, like, I've been on this uh, talk behind the scenes. Like, I've always been on the chat. You know what I mean? There's so many variations to it. This is, yeah, shows that I'm dedicated to this particular day, but I wouldn't use this as an example of me being passionate when it comes to, like, certain relationships. You know what I mean? I feel like it takes way more work and way more action, way more involvement. Like, I don't know anything. Really, I know the stories that you guys tell me. But I don't know anything about you guys, so how can I say that I'm passionate about you guys? I can't. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, you can still be passionate about about the interactions and stuff like that and making sure that you're doing everything within your power to be present and to show up, right? So, well, that's I mean, what I'm saying. I, I, don't, I don't disagree with you a whole, like wholeheartedly. I, I, I just don't think it's a good example for what we're talking about now because I, what we're talking about now, what I believe we're talking about now is – Something that dealing with a whole different type of dedication and passion. personal like personal relationships. Like right. been, we've been on here for eighteen weeks, but I wouldn't say that we're. Although we have had, you know, we have been vulnerable. We have shared stories and all of that good stuff. But I wouldn't say that we all have personal relationships with each other. So when you think about personal relationships and passion within that, so yeah, your passion is to show up every day. As like as it like your passion is to, to go to work every day. You know what I mean? Like there's certain things that that go on in your day-to-day life or weekly that you are passionate about. But when we say passion about relationships, we're really talking about personal relationships. I'll say it like this. I, I'm gonna, so I've been watching The Last Dance for the last couple of, I, I don't know, for some reason I've been watching this over and over again because it's <laughs> fascinating to me. But, you know, there's a part in there where they talk about how what, what separates Michael and Michael is, is because of his passion for being the best at it. And I really think a lot of times a lot of us want to be in relationships, but the passion to be be good at it. So the work necessary to get to a place where you can have it, because it does take a lot of work to have a healthy, happy, productive, accountable relationship. And I don't think a lot of people really have that level of passion. They they'll they'll put their foot in it, but if it's not if it doesn't kind of give them the kind of results that they want. I don't think they are willing to go through the necessary process to get to that place. And so it's more or less on the lines of I'll try to see if it works, but the, the everyday drive to actually get better. So am I working on my communication? Am I working on my commitment? Am I working on my, um, how I, how I, you know, how I resolve issues or conflict or anything else within my personal relationships. I don't think that's there for a lot of people. And that's not something that we talk about or even, um, say that's something that you need to do, like being intentional about uh, your relationships and how effectively are you doing them 
and being how can you be better at them? I was gonna say, especially even for this chat, right? Like we're passionate about gaining knowledge about fixing maybe something within ourselves, about maybe fixing, trying to help and fix something within our community. But I'm not sitting there like, oh, you know, let me learn more about drastic today. Let me more let me learn more about Barry today. You know what I mean? We're all vibing, we're all coming together. But again, I'm not passionate about any each one of these. I'm I'm passionate about how I could probably possibly grow from this process and get different perspectives out there. But drastic, you can be Zora Molly, like we're somewhat typically loners and you say all the time like you here, but you're not really looking looking to to be to befriend nobody. You know what I mean? So that I, that that applies to me too. Like, we ain't necessarily looking to befriend me. So how are we passionate about each other? You know what I mean? We not. No, I was saying I was saying passionate about the interactions. You know what I'm saying in the meeting. So I mean, but like if if you're talking about deep personal relationships, like who here is not per, is not passionate about people that you have personal relationships with? You know what I'm saying? Like who, like who's in your life that you consider to be a personal friend of yours or somebody you got a personal relationship with that you're not going to drop everything that's going on in your life if they got a need? Or, you know what I'm saying? I, that, that, that you're not passionate about investing into that relationship on a continual basis. You know what I mean? I, I, I like, before we, straight up, before we move forward, let Amali and, and Mahogany answer it. But, and Jessica has a comment on the side. Yeah, I know, that I've seen Jessica's. Okay. I was going to answer us after they finish. Or add to, add to it. Oh, we, we can't, can't hear you. Mahogany, we can't hear you. And I think Amelie is frozen. Oh, no, she blinked. <laughs> <laughs> Molly, you want to answer while Mahogany, she's mute. She's mute. We can't hear her. You're mute, too. I really don't have an answer to this um, question, but um, I think what Drastic is trying to say is not he's passionate about the people, he's passionate about the learning experience that we get out of these meetings. That's what well, I think he's passionate about. I wouldn't even say just, not even, not even just the learning experience, but the interaction. Like I say, you know what I mean? We're not calling each other every five minutes and, and stuff like that. But I am passionate about showing up to these appointments. You know what I mean? So like if there's other distractions that, that, that try to come along the way and stuff like that, I try to keep those to a minimal so that I can still show up to what I'm showing up for. You know what I'm saying? So that takes a level of passion because of that, like that dedication and that focus is a level of passion. Like it's not the passion of the Christ. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm not willing to get whipped and, and, and crucified, but there is a level of passion, you know what I mean? And that's just like in any relationship, there's a, a level of passion to each other and to each other goals and to each other accomplishments. And I feel I, that, um, that um, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I feel that when that passion is gone, that's when the relationship starts falling apart and the communication starts falling apart. Because, because so, I don't know, think it was a passion though. That's what I'm saying, though. I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't mean to cut you off, mate. Well, sometimes I, it starts off as that, and then it starts off as that, and then something breaks it. You know, maybe a big traumatic event. Yes, things happen, you know, in people's lives that you can't control no matter what you agree on or what the conclusion and things happen in people's lives that sets them off course. You well, know, I, if you well, in a go ahead. 
No, no. I mean, I will say this. I think a lot of times when we choose partners, a lot of people are not choosing. They're they're thinking what they could get out of the relationship and what they want, but they're not thinking yes. about what they, what they should be getting in return. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's why the the passion is not as passionate because as soon as one of them is not getting what they want, it, it's over. Like you go in thinking, I, I you, you should go into a relationship thinking what I bring to the table, what I can give, and what I should be getting in return. Mm-hmm. I used to have the bad habit of meeting guys, and it's all about what I can do for them, but they weren't me, they weren't matching that same energy or matching what I was giving to them. And right. it didn't really last that long, right? Because it, yeah. we, we were never on the same page to begin with. So mm-hmm. I could have wanted to say I'm passionate about us, but they weren't passionate about us. So I think that when you say what happens to the passion of relationships, it's really about two people coming together and really understanding what they both bring to each other. And then, and then, and then building on that. A lot of times it doesn't go that way. Like there's been times when I've had ex-boyfriends wanting to come back and I had to take a step back and think, I will be a good girlfriend for you, but you're not going to be a good boyfriend for me. So I have, right. so we're gonna, I'm going to have to keep it moving. So, but I wasn't always honest with myself like that. You know what I mean? Like I would go with, I would go, you know, go with the flow or, or see if it can work one more time. But that, that solid piece that we needed to be successful, we didn't have it. So we, we were never going to probably work. And, and that's what I'm saying though, is that if you're going to be in a relationship, right? It's, it's, it's to me, it's, it's two things. It's you do have to be passionate about the other person, but you have to be passionate about making the relationship the best that it possibly yeah. can be. Like you have to want to, cause there's things that you're going to have to, you mean, and I said, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm using a basketball analogy, but it's kind of fresh in my mind, but it's, you know, why do you go to the gym every day and get up, a, uh, get up a thousand shots? It's because you're trying to get better at your craft. And if you're trying to be, be better in relationships, then you have to go put in the work, regardless of whether you're in a relationship at this point in time or not, there's still work that you got to do. So that way, when you get into a relationship, whether it's a a romantic relationship or personal relationship, you're, 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 you've that work that you've put in, it will show. But then when you get into that relationship, you're passionate about seeing it, you know, come to its fruition, or you're going to just watch two people, just one person give up all their energy trying to make it work. And the other person does nothing because they're a taker or they're just taken from the relationship. So you do have to bring a level of passion to relationships that is somewhat more just than just seeing what I can get. It's, Hey, I'm trying to make this relationship the best I possibly can be. Definitely. I mean, that's to, to Jessica's point. We can't hear you, Amali. That's the Let me use this as an example, right. my, myself as an example, how yeah. I lost passion in a lot of different relationships, not romantically because I'm not there, but friendship-wise and family-wise. Like two years ago, I was hanging with the friends, calling my family members every day, making plans, doing this and doing this. And when my father died, all that passion about having friends and connecting with family members and going out and and doing things with my kids, all of that died when I died. So when I say that sometimes passion is lost when something dramatic happens, that's an example of what happened to me. And I had to rebuild that because my father was the biggest part of my life. He was my best friend. He was my entire world. And when something that dramatic happens to you, it's, it's hard. 
it's hard. You fall back. And that's what I did. I fall way back. People would call me, ask me how I'm doing, and I wouldn't even answer the phone. I would just look at the phone and be like, whatever. I wouldn't be doing, I stopped going to the gym. I started cooking. I was like in a very bad spot. So sometimes the passion is lost to certain relationships when something dramatic happens to you. And you can't Is that say, a lack of passion or priorities? Not even priorities. If you want to, I, I think it was, but you were depressed. I think that, you know, yeah. when you, when you suffer from such a great loss, you are, you, you were mentally shook and you were depressed, right? And because you were depressed, nothing else really mattered around yeah. you but the fact that you were depressed. You were not really in the right state of mind to connect with anyone. So I, to, to Barry's point, I wouldn't say that it was a lack of passion. You lost, your, your spirit took a hit and you lost the drive to connect with people. Mm -hmm. And again, like the thing is, is that when you sign up for a commitment, right? And you say that you're gonna be there, instead of falling all the way back, you needed to lean all the way in because that's the whole point of having people around you for those moments, for those moments, not, not to be partying, going to the beach, doing whatever. It's really for when those people around, like when you lose a family member that was near and dear to you and you need that support, you don't fall back. You, you, you lean in so that you can get the support that you need so that you can still be passionate about the people that are still living. We can't yeah. control who dies around us, right? We can't control what's happening around us. As adults, like things happen every single day. People die, people lose their jobs, people find out they have cancer. There's just so many different things and variables that can happen through life, right? That's why you have a, a, a solid group of people around you to help you through that. So at that time, even though you were, your dad died and that was traumatic for you, you were being a bad friend. You were being a bad sister. You were being, being a bad, you know, I don't know if your mom is still alive, but you was being a bad yes, daughter. You know what I mean? So because you were going through what you were going through. And that's not, that's not when you should say you're not passionate because you, again, it's not about the, like you were depressed and you were in the right state of mind and you kind of just gave up on things in general. But it's, it's, I wouldn't consider it the same thing, but if you had things in place, you, I'm not saying that you may not have needed a day or two and, or whatever the case may be, but you would have leaned into your support instead of isolate yourself. Yeah, and that's kind of like what I was saying in the beginning too. It's like, you know, although people wouldn't actually uh, attach selfish to your, you know, to your state of being because you were depressed, essentially your actions were selfish. Yeah. And so a lot of times that's what I believe. Like, and that's what I see. That's, I experienced it myself. Like I had a kid, all of a sudden, you know, everything became about the kid and nobody else. You know what I mean? That was a choice, you know? And, and, and I made it, Con, you know, unconsciously, like, oh, you know, I, I, it was unintentional. But when it was brought to my attention, I continued to do the same thing. And then it, so it became intentional. It was selfish. It was what I wanted to do. I didn't care about, oh, you know, this person needs this. Oh, well, you know, they're grown. They can, they can deal with it. You know what I mean? So I'm being selfish, you know, everybody. And I, I went through a small um, phase of depression when I had my child, which is I felt like I wasn't doing anything. Like, I, I wanted to completely involve myself around my child. But then I was also upset that I couldn't be hanging out with my friends and exercising when they were exercising and doing what I, you know what I mean? So there was a part of me that kind of built a sort of type of resentment or just, just anger, like that I, I didn't have that same type of freedom. But it, all of it was selfish. Call it what you want. But, you know, my friends, they called me on it and then I had to kind of reevaluate what the hell I was doing. Yeah, like, 
like Jessica was saying, like when you're in the right relationship, you're going to have passion for those relationships. But I heard like, you know, I heard several different views on what we, what we, what we consider passion in a relationship. And from Drastic's point, the whole, the understanding is personal relationships. So when we say relationships, maybe that's lazy on our part. But anytime we're talking relationships here, we're just talking about the personal relationships, your village, the people around you. We're not talking about your coworkers. We're not talking about, we're not even talking about your family members you don't hang out with. We're talking about the people that actually are the anchors in your support. So when we say, why are you not passionate about relationships? We can now look at the actual relationships you're putting in day-to-day work with, period. Everything else is like, okay, this person needs support, I'm there. This person needs, you'll drop everything to look out for a day, but that's not dedication. That's not 100% support. That's just making sure that, you know, you're a good human being. You see somebody in need that you care about, you're making sure you're present to get them out of the circumstance, and then you go back to live action. You know what I mean? But our overall question is really about why we're we not passionate about the growth of having a mentality to build healthier and equal relationships. Why is that not a daily practice? People because practice People practice to get money. People practice to go. They wake up every day like Amali says. She wakes up and, and she'll work overtime. You know what I mean? Because she has responsibilities. She has things on a plate that she wants to you know, take care of things of that nature. Now, it's not necessarily a passion, but whoever she's doing it for is a passion. And she's doing it for a kid, Thank so you. that's a passion. <laughs> so when you look at, when you look at like me and Amali were friends and she never came over to my house and she never did anything, I would look at that and say, yeah, she can show up and work overtime and make sure her kids are fed. So she does have passion in her. I'm just not a priority for her to be passionate about because mm-hmm. then she'll make ends meet. So let's be clear, when we're talking about passion, we're talking about when you're sitting alone and you're thinking about your priorities and how relationships center around your whole life. I want you to think about that. That's everything. Like we always say, relationships are currency. They're the number one currency. If you're not thinking about relationships, you're lost. I don't care what you're doing, you're lost. We see millionaires, we see, we see so many people who commit suicide. We see so many people who fall short because they don't have the support. Once you have the support, you feel invincible. So when we think of, when we're talking about relationships, the topic really came up because we have, we was talking to Jurassic and Amali in the last discussion and we're like, wait up, why are they loners? Like all these people in this world and they're loners, like they, they, they take pride in it. And we're like, yo, what, what gets you to that point? Because I'm sure as a kid, it wasn't the same way. Well, I know for a fact, Drastic, it wasn't the same way. Amali, you know, I know from on here, but I grew up with Drastic. And I know that that wasn't the case. I know the bonding was, was there. I know he reached out. I know he was big on connecting. I know he's big on having a long-term partner. I know he was big on, like, growing up, I know these things. So, the, you know, the main thing we hear all the time is, is, is the traumatic experiences. Looking at relationships and connecting it to trauma over the joy. You know what I mean? Because if you connected it to joy, would you be alone still? That would be the question. If you connected relationships to pure joy, would you not be chasing it? Would you not wake up every day with it on your mind? Would you not put in the work necessary to actually have long-term relationships and actually have equal and healthy relationships around you? 
because taking care of yourself is having great relationships. Like what Amali was saying, there's no way her father died and we're not getting on her behind. Like there's no way we're not knocking on her door. There's no way she's not getting pulled out of that depression because she's not in the greatest state of mind. You know, so at that point she's depressed and she's working through a place of weakness. So it's our job now as friends to say, okay, she's working through a place of weakness. We are in a stronger place right now. We know what she has to get back to. You get what I'm saying? Because she's mourning. She's going through a tragic, a tra traumatic experience. A tragedy happened. But you pull closer, like Jerry said, to the people who's alive. Because somebody that died, when you stop, when you disconnect, and now you start not really dealing with the living, what does that do? It pushes your support away. Yeah. And I'm sorry we make, <laughs> we're bringing them tears out of Molly, but... You know, we got to, you know, we have, we have to shoot it. We have to shoot it raw because, you know, we want, we want people to really understand, like, you're not in the greatest state of mind to make decisions when you're, when you're not, when you're depressed. Yeah. You're not in the greatest state of mind when somebody just did something to truly hurt you or robbed you of your integrity or robbed you of your faith. You're not in the right state of mind. So to say, okay, some people like to sell that as something that we actually as people that's what people are. That's not the greatest of us. Closing off to, to our support, that's not the greatest of us. So though people do it, it's not something that an educator would ever preach. An educator would ever educate anybody on. Because that's a, that's a state of mind. That's a state of being. And it's a, at the time, it's a sickness. It's not, you're not in the greatest state of mind. So we need to understand practicing relationships start with the day-to-day -day grind of how you look at relationships. The day-to-day -day grind about, because we're not even just talking about running into people and having a village just being willy-nilly and running down. I know Jerry always says I'm an old man for saying willy-nilly, but just running up the random. <laughs> we're talking about having a, a structure in place to now understand what you, what you deserve in life and what you're willing to give in life and bringing people into that and really having something greater than you because when you really have people that's in your corner it's nothing like it and that's why we do this love is a group journey because it's nothing like it once you have it and when you don't have it we watch people all the time downplay it as if it's nothing and we can live with other things but when you are in that raw state who's there who's truly there because i i'm I, I i like to say i'm a real strong human being but like this times I lost people, it feels like it feels like they died. I lost relationships. Like I couldn't get out of bed. And if I wasn't willing to take the advice of the stronger people around me, I'd be still in that bed. And I'll be walking around talking about people aren't good. And I was hurt. But I didn't live in that because I have the practice. I understand that it's not about that. Can you hear me now? Go ahead, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, the music. You know, it's the mute with my, the mute, mute button. My phone, I don't know what happened. Now yeah, my, it was my computer, I don't know. So I had to get on my phone. But but give me the question one more time. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> what happened to what happened to relationships being a passion? Oh, okay. Well, I think you already answered that. Mm -hmm. Um it's, it's oh, that's what that's what happens when you're late. 
<laughs> when you're late. What's, your, what's the topic? What's your, yeah, what's, what's your take on it, though? You still can give your take. Um, my, my take is pretty much um, most people are wounded. You know, most people are wounded and they're dealing from a wounded space. So when you're hurt, when you're dealing from a place of uh, you feel like historically relationships have done you harm, you put it lower on 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 your priority list, um, and you and you your mindset about it is different um, because you don't attach it to positivity. So now you you kind of put yourself in a mindset of I don't need that, I don't need that, I don't need that because mm -hmm. you're just trying to protect yourself from being hurt. But the reality is like majority of the people who say they don't need it as soon as they find something that they feel at the moment is is a, a, a good relationship they all in they all in they're scared they scared they they you know they, they they usually they usually ruin it because that because of their fear but as far as like initially getting in you see them glowing you see you see the joy within it so you know that they can't really feel the way that they've been speaking um it's all it's all fair it's all fair um is what i think definitely what about you jessica you just you i agree with home. mahogany 100 percent with that 100 percent. give me your but tip. um i also feel that you know to if you start off passionate if that's that's easy the the hard part is maintaining that passion it's very easy to get distracted kind of like what jasmine said you know you have a kid and all of a sudden your focus shifts so um i know that that's the hardest part for me i think is is putting in the work every day to make sure that the people that you care about are are your priority and that's where your effort goes it, isn't that the downfall of almost a lot of relationships is because all of a sudden something else becomes their priority. And then all of a sudden the energy that it takes to, um, you know, be passionate about that individual or that person uh, isn't there. And then there's a disconnect. And then all of a sudden that person is feeling like you don't, you know, that you don't feel, they don't, you know, hey. And one side is situations. And so when you don't choose wisely and you don't, you're not with someone who's just as passionate about you as you are with them, how do you keep that passion? Or people get lazy, I think, and they're just taken, taken, taken. That's and they forget to give. That's 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 us and our decisions, right? Yeah. I just think in that I think the biggest the biggest pitfall is we entitled to we entitled to our own pain. We entitled to our own space. We entitled like we're entitled to so much that we already said we're gonna give to other people and we break those promises. So when things get really hard. We have the right to close up, but we gave, we forfeited that right when we decided to say we letting people in and we lose track of that. Why do we lose track of the fact that we promise people that in my weakest moments, I'm going to open up to you so you can strengthen me. I need you to carry me at this point and I need you, I need to be able to fall back and you catch me. And nobody, no, I'm not never saying walk around with dead weight. I'm saying to lift you back up. So you can stand up straight again and y'all can walk hand in hand. Y'all can walk side by side. But a lot of people, we have friendships, we have relationships. And I'm talking about friendship more than actually committed partner. Because a lot of people, 
and I've been I've been in relationships where I've been with women and they disregarded everybody around them. And I'm sitting there looking at them like I'm not gonna be your everything. Like you need people around you, you need your support, you need the people that were there before I came. And also it shows as soon as I'm I'm not up to snuff, I'm discarded too. Snuff. As soon as you get a tough soon as you get look at you, look at you, soon as you get as soon as you get a new hobby, I'm out the door too. It shows lack of commitment. But the main thing is hold on to your great relationships. So your great relationships should mirror your new relationships. Your new relationships shouldn't happen until, unless your great relationships say this is what this is actually a person we can let in. So everybody's a council of people. Well, yeah, and I, and I agree with that. I'm glad you touched on the friend thing because when we become adults, friends are really the first thing that kind of falls in place, right? Because you're worried about career, building a family, a significant other, and then your friends, right? And most people will tell you, or all your adult, or all the adults around you, the people that are, are wiser than you are, they'll tell you that your friends will come and go, but you, you know, you have a spouse, you have children, and that's where you should be putting your energy. So I think it's really important that you touched on that because if you're making your friends a priority and they're supposed to, they're this, and, and they signed up to go through life with you, then you should keep that passion regardless of whether you had one kid, two kid, a husband, and a, a career. Like, you, honestly, you should have enough, you shouldn't have a thousand friends where you can't give everyone a certain amount of energy or a certain amount of time. But it's really important that if you are signing up to be friends with somebody, those are the things that you're thinking about, and they shouldn't get the crappy end of the stick because now you decide that now you're married and now you have kids. Like they should be going through that life journey with you. But so is that if if I, if I if I if I had a job, if say I Mina, well as you know, Mina and Z are really close. So if I had the opportunity to relocate for my day job, most people would say take. The, Go and relocate. Like, what are you staying behind for? You know what I mean? That's what most people would say. But I, but I, but I signed up to. I signed up to, ha to have a relationship with Aziz, and it wasn't supposed to be long distance either. So those are things that we're considering because I know if I move away, our relationship is going to take a hit. And I'm not moving away out of fear. I don't want our relationship to take a hit. And most people would think that I'm dumb for saying, "Hey, I'm going to stay in the city because that's what I signed up for." Because he's just a friend. If he was my man, it'd be something different, right? If he was maybe a brother, you know, be maybe something slightly different. But because he's a friend, they're like, mm, be there. He's he's gonna get a girl. He's gonna have kids. He's gonna do whatever. So you should go live your life. So I think you know, let's talk about that. Let's talk about friendships and how they fit into our 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 our, our lives and the level of clarity that we are honest about when it comes to our friends. I wonder if it's also an issue of capacity too, because you you I, I think you do have to have a level of capacity to be able to, to manage and handle your relationships in an effective That's manner well. too, as well. Okay. Because That's once again, if, if, if I'm, if I'm only, if I'm only able to, if, you know, if I, if I had to give it a rating, so if I'm only at a five and then I can only give what I'm able to, what I'm only, I can only do what my capacity allows me to do. So I think a lot of the passion that we also talk about in relationships is also the passion that it takes to actually get better at, at relationships. It's learning how to balance and invest and knowing how to invest and knowing how to grow in that process. And so I don't think it's just passion towards the other person. It's passion towards getting, making ourselves better at being in the relationships and being, a, being not just effective, but being 
able to handle relationships in a way that is, um, re you know, reciprocal and giving and, and all the things and accountable that we talk about. I agree. Because I was going to say, I was going to say that um, for me, I know for me, time management is, is always been an issue. Time management stops me from, you know, um, dedicating myself to multiple people because I'm being realistic with myself. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to do well. <laughs> I'm not going to do well because that, that is an area of weakness that I'm, I'm, I'm working on building. But, um, and I think that's a lot of people. Once, when you, when you, especially when you know the responsibility that comes along with relationships, is one thing when you have loosey-goosey relationships. But if you know the real responsibility that comes along with it, it makes you choose a little more wisely whether you want to take one on because now am I going to be the deadbeat friend? Am I going to be the one who, you know, um, is being complained about because I'm not showing up the way I need to show up because I just can't manage it all. Okay, but that's a cop-out because we all manage what we want to manage. We all make it happen. How many times did you meet somebody new and you up all night long and still got to be to work at 7 in the morning, but you didn't get no sleep because you believe our passion is all that person. So we all make provision. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's still, it's still priority. Yeah, but, but again, if, if, if we decide that there's only 24 hours in a day and we got to sleep with a decent amount of it and then we have jobs, we have children, there's other things that's going on in life, right? Mm -hmm. But we all make the time to do the things that we truly want to do, right? So I, I agree with you about, like, you can't, like, at, at a certain age, we have a, a certain level of responsibility. You can't have 24 It's not like back when I was in high school and our friendship didn't really go too deep and... It, you know, we, we hung out every so often and everything was a friend. Right now I'm 40 and not everyone's my friend and not everyone's going to get my time and I'm going to go in saying that, not that I don't have time management. It's like, I'm not making time for you. You know what I mean? Like, you're not a priority because I have people that are a priority. There's things in my life that is a priority and you just didn't make the cut. Now, if I have time, you know, maybe throughout the month, maybe I could come check you or, you know, if there's, there's, a, there's a gap in, in my schedule, maybe I can come check you, but I'm not making it a priority because you're not a priority and there's other people that take that, that, that on a high level that I want to spend time with. So it's not about the time management because you make time to do what you want to do. It's really that you don't want to make them a priority, so they're not a priority. Not for me. For, well, I, 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 still, I will agree that it's still a priority situation, but... Um, for me, it's more legacy. Like I put more time and effort into my legacy when I'm trying to accomplish within life more than um, people. But that's so, exactly what she just said. Yeah, that's exactly uh, what I said. You made a choice. Exactly mm -hmm. what she just said. So you made a choice. It's not time management issue. It's just letting people know my legacy is more important than everybody else. But that's also like that's something that I was gonna touch on because I, I feel like that's what it deals with accountable love, right? Like we, it's perpetuated that we have the right and to go to connect all back to this energy. It's perpetuated that we are entitled to do what we want, to to um to invest in how you want to, to be to be depressed, to you know what I mean. We have all of this entitlement, and we don't have no accountability for any contracts that we sign up because we should be allowed to be depressed after pregnancy. We should be allowed to be depressed after having a, a loss of a family member. Because we want to dive into our legacy, we should we should be allowed to say, hey, listen, you know, you, you felt a wasteland. You know what I mean? So I think that that's a big part of what um, 
like what I'm getting out of this too, which is a kind of like we, the, our culture perpetuates selfishness. We're allowed to do whatever we want because it seems what, what we what we want and what we deem is important. And we need time instead of really pushing the idea that we need other people at the end of the day. I mean, it's part of our survival needs. You know what I mean? We need other people. You know what I mean? So I I think that that's a huge thing. Like we're our culture perpetuates non-accountability for for relationship at best. I would even go even further and say your legacy should be ingrained into your relationship. You get what I'm saying? You go in understanding, like you understand this person is driven in this. Somebody has feedback to be mute. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not talking to you mute. I'll mute too. Hello? Yeah, yeah, I can hear it better. So it should be ingrained in your legacy, like you know that this person, you know you want to do X, Y, and Z. And I'm not even going to say legacy. I'm going to go a step further, purpose. Because it's beyond your legacy. Like, you believe you was put on this earth to do what you're doing. So it's, it's, it's your purpose. And your purpose, like, let's be clear here. Like, even when we talk biblical, there were still disciples. Like, your purpose needs other people to actually help you through it. Because when the world is weighing on you, you need those people to hold you up and remind you how great you are. It, it doesn't just happen alone. And if we can walk around and act like it happens alone, we can put on that face and act like it happens alone. But I know it doesn't happen alone. So it's important to build your, it's important to build your foundation first. And then I, I strongly believe your purpose will be absolute at that point because nothing can stop it because it's a circle. You have a circle of people that, really, really keep on reinforcing that purpose, really keep on making sure that they're passionate about you enough to know this is where it goes. We're not even saying, remember I mentioned last time that Martin Luther King was the mouthpiece, but there was people around him that did all the background stuff that made him so great. That greatness wasn't alone. And you can name any other person that's great and they always have somebody to thank. You know what I mean? So. You don't have to, you don't have to like not show up for relationships or you don't have to not have relationships because let's be clear, we're encouraging people to have relationships. We're encouraging people to have healthy relationships. We're not, we're not encouraging people to be kumbaya with everybody that they come across to build this strong, united group. We're just talking about making sure they have a core group of people that enhance their quality of life. And that also means when you're out there grinding and you're out there making sure that ends need to be met, you still have those people that understand what's going on and those people that are actually as dedicated to building and making sure the friendship maintained. I got to remind you like, yo, you just worked three days straight. Like you're going to make time for us. Not that, oh, you know, I understand you work three days straight. No, we didn't sign on for that. We signed on because you're going to need a break. You need time to really hang out, regroup, and then get that energy again. So it's bigger than that. You know, like when you're building, when you're having kids, like to believe that you do it alone, there's a lot of people that did it alone and they stressed out and they believe that that's what it was about. No, you're stressed out because you didn't, you didn't employ other people to assist you. You should be not, you should not, have to leave work every time 
your school calls. Every time somebody, your child may be in danger, there should be a support there. Every time you're going through stuff, there should be a support there. It's bigger than that. We all fall on money issues. There's going to be people that can, yo, listen, I, I believe in you so much. Here's half my savings. I believe you're going to succeed. They're supporting you in so many different ways, and we just focus on how they take it from us and how they're taking time from us. But we're talking about people being invested in you. We're talking about a passion. People being invested in each person in the relationship and really knowing what they need, not just what they want, but what they need to actually be the best they can be. And we are saying nobody can be the best they can be alone. For me, sometimes it's, you know, you said that we should rely on our friends, our relationship, uh-huh. you know, but sometimes for me personally, well, not sometimes, all the times, it's hard for me to do that because I feel that they have their burdens too, and I don't want to add to their burdens. So I just keep what I'm going through to myself or whatever I have to deal with, I deal with on my own. But did I, they tell you that? I see it. Like they will come to me with what's going on with them and I'll try to help them, but I wouldn't go to help them to ask for help. Yeah, but you have they burdens too and they come, come to, you. to me and ask me and tell me all their problems and if I can help them fix this, if I can help them do this. But I would never go to them because I feel that they have so much on their plate themselves. So but why should I add to their stress? But did you just hear what Aziz said? They know that you also have, have stuff going on, but they still come to you. And, and how does know, it make you accountable to them? Most of, most of the time, I don't tell them. You know, and I, well, yeah, most of the times I don't tell them. I give them little bits of pieces. So how is that being, account- that so how's that being accountable? Yeah, how are you being a good friend? By helping them. I don't no, but they have to have the ability to help you. Vulnerability but, is everything. It, let them, t- let them disappoint you if that's the case. I'm tired of being disappointed, but, though. But allow them to disappoint you because you're in a relationship with them. Yeah. And right but now you're making it one-sided. As long as you have breath, don't never be tired of dis- being disappointed. Anybody that made it in this world was told no a million times. Yeah, true. Oh no, do you want do you want a strong relationship? Do you want people you can rely on? Yeah, I do. But but I'm but, doing okay without it, right? Yeah. What are you? What are you? Ask yourself, are you? You keeping a bunch of things to yourself. You're not mm-hmm. really putting forth the effort to actually have the support necessary. And was a burden to you, it's probably not a burden to them. Yeah. They probably can help you with their problem, your problem faster than you can help them with this. Think right. about it. Give them a chance. You not have to, to open like, up and give people a chance to be there for you. Aziz, this is one thing Aziz always tell me. It's like, you have the God, like, he always tell me, like, you, you got the God complex because what makes you think, so you can handle everything, but they can't handle nothing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that, like, when he says to me, because, like, that's kind of how I, I am at work, too. It's like, oh, oh, I got it. Oh, I'll help you, whatever, whatever. And then as soon as I see myself kind of, like, running a little late, I'm not asking for no help, though. 
Mm -hmm. I'm injured right now. I'm good. It's okay. I can, I can, you know, I can, I can do it. No one, my ass shouldn't be doing, my, sorry, my behind shouldn't be doing nothing. You know what I mean? But that's something that's definitely a flaw on our end because yeah, what makes us so much greater, but other people can't be the, at the level that we're at. Yeah. And how could we truly strive for equal relationships when we're taking on the, the bulk of the relationship and we're not even allowing some, allowing a person to help to help me or help you, you know what I mean? Like it, it's, it's one-sided. So that gets old real quick, right? Like, so everyone is using Amali as the sounding board. She's the problem solver. She's my rock, but who's your rock? You have all these friends to help them with their problems. Like who's helping you? Who's supporting you? Who's listening to you? Who's making sure that you're not retreating and going back into your shell and making sure that you're, you're leaning on, uh, on them for support? Who's doing that? No, she ain't even giving them a chance to do that. And that's where, that's that's where, the, like, problem, that's where the problem lies. You're not even giving them a chance to do that. So how are you calling them your friend? Any friendship, anything that's give, not give and take is not a personal relationship. Right now, you're their counselor. Yeah, pretty much. And I have a counselor that I go to and I pay for every month. So I tell them my problems, but I don't tell my friends my problems. But your friends are your So I guess the question would be is, I think the question would be is then how can you really, like they said, like how can you consider them friends because they're, they're, nobody's accountable to anybody. I mean, you just said you have a counselor. So you pay the counselor a certain amount of money and you have an expectation that they're going to do exactly what you say they're going to do because there's an agreement there. But we've been talking about this over the last couple of weeks since I joined that being in a relationship you have to be accountable because I have to be accountable. There's a certain level of expectation that comes along with being in a relationship with me. Just like I would expect that someone, if they're in a relationship with me, they have an expectation that I'm going to fulfill that part of the agreement that we talked about and said that we're supposed to do. And so I think a lot of times is it's that because yes, we've been disappointed in relationships. We don't really want, we, we say we're friends, but we don't really, to do the go through the rigors of developing and being accountable and holding each other accountable for the work that it comes to being a friend or even in a romantic relationship and so that's the issue to me that i think we just talked about front when it comes to passion passion is that listen i am passionate about your life just as much as i am and i'm passionate about seeing you successful just as much as i'm seeing myself successful and what ways that can we do that and work together in partnership and invest in one another and be accountable to one another so that way we can have that legacy that we both want to have and it takes a level of work to get there and if you're not willing to if you're not willing to put in the work then you're going to do certain things which is hey you know what i can't trust anybody so you know what i'll just do it on my own and that that you fall back into the same old patterns of doing the same stuff and then that doesn't get you anywhere well, yeah, you have to go in with, with believing all of those things, right? So when you are depressed and, or you just had a kid and you prefer to just, you know, put all your energy into this kid, you have to have something that, that would, what kind of level set you to think, like, this is not what, it, that's, this is not what everyone signed up for. Like, everyone didn't sign up for me to take on, just to, to put my, my blinders on and only worried about what's in front of me, because that's what that's for me at the moment, you know what I mean? So I think that that's, that's something that, yeah, everyone needs to go in understanding what they truly believe in and, and sharing that with people so they know what they're signing up for. If I'm friends with Jasmine and she says, you know what, it's, it's, it's been my lifelong goal of mine to be a parent and only worry about parenting. 
You know what I mean? That she's telling me that she doesn't really have the energy to focus on a friendship, right? And she's like, that's what I really, truly want to do. But if she says, you know what? I, I, I always believed in a village and I want to raise my son with my friends. And then she retreats to the room and and, and kind of have and has her, her blinders on or puts, or she has tunnel vision and only, only worried about son. Now I have something to, to hold her to. Right? I could say, you know what, Jasmine, that's not what we discussed. You said that this is going to be a family affair. We were going to be a village. I was going to be a part of the process, not you take on the world, take on every responsibility with your son, and I'm not going to be a part of it. You know what I mean? So, but we had, but we have had, we had to have had the discussion on what we, we, we both wanted out the relationship, what she believed in, and did it work for us? So I think that that's really important as well. People go into friendships and they don't, and I've been guilty of it. Don't have the discussion. They kind of just think, let things organically happen, right? One minute we cool, we, we, we just go on a brunch together sometimes, and then now is the weekend, then we go on away on trips, and our kids are around each other, and before you know it, we're spending holidays, birthdays, whatever, but we didn't really create a solid foundation. It just kind of, we started, we were just going with the flow the whole entire time. So the minute that something happens and something is, it gained, it, uh, something is more of a priority, that person may be left on the sideline because it's like, we didn't, you, don't, you don't really have to hold me to anything. I didn't agree that we were going to have this level of friendship. It kind of happened. Okay. We enjoyed it at the moment, but that's all that it was. And I could keep it moving. And, and people say, oh, that's, you know, people just have, you know, no, that's, you know, because people fail my expectations. Well, you never set those expectations. Exactly. Because you never said that this is this is my commitment to you is this, and I'm gonna spell it out for you. And so now you understand what I mean when I say what you know when it comes to our relationship. So there is no clear. And if I don't meet that expectation, or you know you know I don't meet that agreement, then you have to go back and reassess. But at the same token, if there's just like you said, we just go in. Like, we do that in romantic relationships. We just go into the relationship mm -hmm. and we never stop and say, hold oh, on, what is actually what is what are we actually agreeing to? do and be in this relationship towards each other and what is our expectations and what things do we set we just kind of let it kind of happen because we're we're you know we're enamored with the feelings of all everything and then all of a sudden when that ex when that person fails our expectation it, it causes conflict and issues and that person's like i never said i was going to do that i never said i was gonna i never said i was going to be like that so now now what and so I, I think you're you're absolutely right jay is that you got to sit down and have that conversation and say okay up front let's talk about what this actually is and what type of relationship is going to be and the, and what we are going to be accountable to and verbally say it. Don't just kind of assume that that is, but actually say it and come to a real agreement with it. Yeah. But unfortunately that's not enough sometimes, you know what I mean? Like you can have conversations with certain people and they just, you know, they're just being bobbleheads, but yeah, yeah. I agree with everything you say, but then they do the complete opposite of what they agreed to, you know, like I've been in situations like that. So it's like, you know, for like, just having the conversation is not enough. Like for one, you gotta, you know, you, you, you put these disciplines in place to have a quality relationship, but it gotta be with quality people at the same time, you know? So, you know what I'm saying? That's part of where I'm at. Like, I, like I don't plan on being Oscar the grouch, you know what I'm saying? Like living in the trash can by myself for the rest of my life. But at the same time, like, I don't, I don't agree with the philosophy of just run through people. You know what I'm saying? Just, Go through this person, go through that person until you find nah, like I'd rather be a one shot, one kill type of person. Let me just pick the right person the first time, you know what I mean? I mean, as so, you talking about friendships or you talking about like a romantic partner? Yeah, all the above. Friendships, romantic partner, all of that. 
You know what I'm saying? Before I commit, like, let me let me evaluate, make sure it's a person worth committing to. You know what I'm saying? Whether it's a friendship, whether it's a romantic partner, whatever whatever it is, like, you know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't like, I, like, yeah, I'd rather touch, not just... touch on that. Okay. I don't know if the message is being mis, mis, um, misunderstood. Yeah. I think it's not, it's not about, like, going through multiple people, but it is about, like, you do when you see somebody that or you get in contact with somebody that actually piques your interest, right? You're not committed to them yet. They're not your friend. They're not your romantic partner. There is a there is a preliminary part process that takes place where you actually set aside time to really get to truly know each other, right? Those commitments aren't put in place until you really feel like they honor your, your core values. And until they really truly believe that they honor, that you honor their core values, right? So I think that is a part of one of our, like the issues with our society. We do call people friends. Mm -hmm. We do commit to people that, we do commit to people in a, a romantic relationship that we're just attracted to. We don't wait. We don't truly wait till everything is aligned where we like, I can see the long term. Now the commitment takes place. I can see this happening for a lifetime and now the commitment takes place. So we're not saying, okay, go out and just, run through people. But we are saying when somebody piques your interest, put in the work to see if that person could actually be a, a valuable piece of your life. Because as you get older and as you get wiser, there's not many people you just relate to. There's people that you, you, you talk to on Facebook and you know they're not your cup of tea, but they're people that you actually like as people, but you know they're not your cup of tea. You know that they're not somebody you're going to call your friend, but you know that you'll chop it up with them here and there, you know, on, online. Like we all have those people that, you know, we, we have, we have a, a brotherhood with, or we have a closeness with, or we even see as a family member. But we're talking about like personal relationships, people that are, are promising to actually be there for your daily grind of life. People that are actually gonna pick up the pieces when you're feeling down. They're gonna actually party with you when it's time to party. They can actually plan life with you. You get what I'm saying, and that's gonna take a that's gonna take a a commitment. That's gonna take having a clear understanding, like who is this person as an individual, before we become a team. You're not gonna just sign anybody to your team. Yeah, it breaks your team down. But if you go in automatically thinking, yo, this proven, this 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 guilty into proven innocent, like we all know that's bad. We all know that's bad when it's happening to us on any level. Well, we're talking about the state of our society now, or we're talking about our relationship. We all know it's bad, but we still do it when it's convenient. Yeah. So when you're saying what you're saying drastic, or like, let's say Amali is saying, what she, it's, it's, the person is already guilty of doing something they didn't even do yet. Mm -hmm. I'm not even telling my friends this because I, they're guilty. But you can do it anytime you want. You can be the law anytime you want but they can't, you don't want the law to be the law. Think about it. You got to practice what you preach. If you're going to, if you expect vulnerability, you have to give it. If you expect friendship, you expect all in, you have to be all in. You can't have a, a, a scapegoat. Like, yo, I've been hurt in my past, so I keep the walls up. I'm not climbing no walls. Yeah, I'm over that. Mm -hmm. I'm not climbing no walls. I'm not Hold a, on, let me get a wall climber. I'm not night crawling. Let me get on the organ real quick. Hold on. I'm getting on the organ. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I look people in the face and say, oh, you got this issue? 
I don't understand. Once somebody tells me in my relationship that I don't understand, that means you don't have the capacity to get me to understand. That already means we had a disadvantage because I should understand based on the fact that you're explaining this to me, based on the fact that you're going to put in the work so I understand. So I never listen to people I don't, you don't understand. I don't even give that to people. I make sure that I'm clear in my delivery so they have a full understanding and they can continue to ask questions so we can get on the same page. That's putting in the work. You know what, too? I just want to intervene over too because it takes me back to our conversation last week, Jessica, about like how at one point you were like, you know, you admitted that you didn't really put in the work in your past relationships, right? And then you, but then you went ahead and was just like, well, you know, you can't trust nobody, whatever. And I'm like, how can you base that off of your past relationships when you know that you didn't fully do your part to have strong relationships back then? And I kind of feel like it's kind of replaying in this conversation. Because it's kind of like, um, like you can't expect, like you can't expect every, like when you do find a good set of whatever, like of people, right? Let's say a good two people, even in those two people, like there's been times where Aziz has challenged me because I wasn't being a good friend. I wasn't owning up to what I said I was going to do. Same thing with your, you know what I mean? And, and, and that could have been right there at the end of a friendship. Can I say that? Or should we look at that and be like, well, I, you know, we was we ran through each other. We used each other through time. No, but in that situation, once we found quality people to be around, but my priority shifted. He was no longer priority in my friendship or whatever. And if, let's say, I didn't own up to my end, that would have been an end of that relationship. And you still would have to find, like, there's, you're not going to find, like, I'm not going to say you're not going to find, but put it this way, there's always going to be a glitch. Even when you find the people that you're around, it takes that level of work. Or you might just one day be like, yo, I don't know if this is going to work. And that test to see if they're really there or if you're really there to really make the relationship progress. But to be, but to kind of have the mind frame of like, well, you know, I, it's just like a one shot deal. Although I get it, I'm with you. Like, I, listen, I want one part and I want, I want certain amount of friends for the rest of my life. There has to be that space where you have to understand like, but it could come to an end if the person, and it should come to an end if the person is not accountable for the, shit, for the stuff that they do. You know what I mean? Or if, or they should cut you off if you're not being accountable for who you are and what you signed up for. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You kind of, you remind me of myself a lot because I have this unrealistic, in, in different ways, I have unrealistic expectations. Like I buy something new, right? I, I grew up kind of like not being able to have everything I want, right? So when I buy something, I want to keep that shit on the shelf and only wear it when I go out. But guess what? I don't go out. <laughs> So, you know what I mean? So what am I saving it for? It's unrealistic. Like, wear it, wear it when you got a chance. You know what I mean? It's unrealistic to think that, and, and, and so I'm applying, and I hope you understand what I'm saying, like I'm applying to that, like it's unrealistic to think that stuff isn't going to happen, people aren't going to disappoint you. It's just a matter of, okay, when they disappoint you, are they going to step up now to show that they were worth the time and effort? And you have to allow that to happen. That's, that's already my mentality, though, because it's like, with the example that you just used, you said that Aziz challenged you, you know what I'm saying, because and held you accountable to things that you said. There was a glitch. Yeah. Obviously, you addressed the glitch and didn't repeat the same glitch. Right? right. That's the, like, that's, I'm coming across people that want to repeat, repeat the same glitch. <laughs> you know what that's I'm all saying? we're talking about. So when you when you when you come with the idea of I don't want to be running through people, I'm like, where the hell? Where did you get that idea from? Because we're talking about those people that were investing in, you know what I mean? And just yeah. understanding that it might happen, but hopefully the, the hopefully that 
your idea of that quality person shows up when a situation like that happens? The whole point of saying, the whole point in having the word passion involved was key because we all say relationships are work. You ever had a back and forth with somebody and you're at the top of your lungs, but you can't walk away? Yeah. Because <laughs> you're passionate about that person. You ever had the same argument with the same person and it felt like you just can't walk away fast enough? You lost that passion for that person. Think about it. It's not the. It's not work. It's just like they say when you got your dream job and you wake up every day and excited to do it because you're building something and you can't wait to get it finished. So you're constantly building. So any setbacks is just another plan to build stronger. Another way that you're going to now get to your destination. It's just a pitfall because you're going to focus on your destination. It's the same with your relationships. If we keep on saying, yo, it's work, we're going to go there like it's a job. We're going to go there like we're getting paid, like it's a nine to five, like we're in a slave ship. But when we say it's a passion, it's a whole different understanding. Because I'm going to argue with you at three o'clock in the morning because it's a passion. But I'm not going to argue with you anymore when the passion is dying. That's the first time you know, I'm like, yeah, I'm halfway out the door, brother. I'm halfway out the door, sister. You already know. Because I'm not arguing with you no more. I'm fed up. I'm done. I don't have the same passion for you. And that's when you know everything. Like, we all fearful because everybody could be replaced. But the point is, everybody doesn't, everybody doesn't fit the shoes to replace somebody. When you got a perfect fit, it's not that easy to replace them. So if you have faith in yourself and you have faith in what you bring to somebody's life, you're not worrying about the exit. You're worrying about the entry. And yeah, I put a little twine to it, but you're worrying about you're worrying about entering the relationship. You get what I'm saying? You're only worried about building. You're not worried about the end at all. But relationships are fragile. We're not going to sit here and tell you they're not. Relationships are fragile. And let me tell you, the best relationships are people who will walk out your life every time you do something wrong to them. Because they're holding you accountable. The ones that let you walk all over them, at the end of that relationship, you got a time bomb. Yeah. Somebody going, they're going to blow you up. You better believe that. But somebody who's going to hold you accountable, yeah, those relationships seem the most fragile. But as long as you don't, you don't do anything to harm them and they don't do anything to harm you, those are the strongest relationships you can possibly have. And that's what's fair. Yeah, 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 I got, I got, I got my with those relationships where I had to walk out, and, you know what I mean? Like, but I don't do the back and forth like that. Like, if I'm going, I'm going. Well, if you gave your all, then I guess you had nothing else to get. But the bottom line is the door is always cracked when it comes to me. Just come correct. But the point is, I'm going to hold you accountable every day. There's no vacation. There's no vacation with being your best self. I'm, there's no time off. So yeah, with me, it's a pipe. you're, 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 you're going to burst if you can't deal with the pressure, but you're going to get a, a quality friend if you can't, because there should be no pressure because every day you're not doing something wrong. So we're enjoying ourselves most of the time. But as soon as I see something going wrong, I'm not taking one more step in that wrong. I'm standing still until we correct it because then that times, wrong lingers. How many times do you deal with the same wrong? If the person doing the same thing over and over again, it depends on Depends on your investment. If you invested, like let's say in, in a case you're dating somebody that's younger and you invested in building them, 
is going to take some time. The same wrong is going to happen over and over again. That's you being accountable for what you signed on for. And you know what? Like, I, I, I need to be, I need to keep it 100 and be real. Like, I believe part of, part of the reason why I'm not in a rush to connect with anybody is there's certain flaws that I still have that I'm like, like right now as we're discussing this and I'm like, yo, a person do something wrong, like I'm mad, I'm not looking back, like, yo, like I'm reading the Bible trying to follow the Bible and that's contrary to what the Bible teach. The Bible teach you to forgive people, you know what I'm saying? Especially if, if they're coming to you sincere and they're trying to get it right, like I'm not supposed to give them the cold shoulder, you know what I'm saying? So there's, there's, there's certain things in me that doesn't qualify me for a quality relationship yet, you know what I mean? But, but, but forgiveness doesn't mean reconciliation though. Yeah, correct. Forgive and not not to have a relationship with that person. So, forgiveness is really a personal understanding, so that you you don't you don't walk away with 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 the you know with harboring ill ill feeling. But really, forgiveness is not about the other person; it's about you. Yep. And that's you're why counseling. You're actually reading the Bible with other people. Yeah, you're counseling the dead when it comes to, to forgiveness. That. Has everything to do with not harboring anger and bring it, bring it into your next relationship. Yeah. It is. It's looking at the person eye to eye and saying, I did my wrong, you did your wrong. We're not compatible. I'm going to respect that and I'm going to now move on to my new relationship in a great way. The way it, forgiveness is discussed amongst our society, who does that benefit? I, th I think it depends on the offense though. You know what I'm saying? Like you got certain things like like, do you really have to forgive light light offenses? Like, do you truly have to forgive light offenses? Like, when we did really when we're dealing with things, when we're dealing with forgiveness, we're typically talking about abuse. We typically talking about treat cheating. We typically talking about stealing. We typically talking about a betrayal of trust that is hard to get over. Nobody's talking about you ate my sandwich in the in the in the refrigerator. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I'm upset about you eating my sandwich. We're talking about because we know you like to get in your 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 your, bot, your, your bag, man. <laughs> when we talking about when we talking about forgiveness, most of the time we're talking about forgiving somebody that done caused us extreme harm, and we're being and we're being coached into forgiving those people. And I'm like, who does that benefit? Yeah. Who does that benefit? The violator. Again, that's what I'm saying. Who does that benefit? That's not benefiting the person that's constantly on their grind, constantly making sure the relationship stays whole. That's benefiting the person that was too childish to be in a relationship, decided to just do everything possible in the relationship. When it was time to grow, they wasn't willing to grow. They blamed you for all kinds of stuff. They called you controlling. They called you nasty. They called you all kinds of things. And when they went out in the world and realized, you was the best thing that ever happened to them. They came back, hands and knees, and you're supposed to say, come back, baby. No, that's not how that works. I moved on. I got somebody else that's actually benefiting from the fact that I went hard. Well, even if I don't got nobody else, I still moved on and not going back to you. This is what I'm saying. It could be that that case. But I'm not, the, the, the guilt thing, That's there's no place in relationships for guilt, for guilt trip. So if you're using things that you're using something like forgiveness that's supposed to be a tool to benefit us and grow in us and make sure that we don't harbor hate and start using it to get over, start using it to manipulate the relationship, 
start using it as a way I can just do anything I want and people should still stand still and wait for me, that's when it gets, that's when it becomes horrible. Absolutely. Like reset on Facebook, a codependency, and we don't like to use all the psychological terms because, you know, we know them, but we want to, we don't want to have to break them all down. But at the same time, I think everybody knows what codependency is and we get to a place where we're relying on a person versus building with a person. We're not telling you to rely on your friends. We're telling you to have a community with your friends. There's a big difference. We're not telling, oh, Molly, just open up and make sure that you use your friends for everything every time something goes wrong. No, there is a level of I can actually solve a problem, but bring them in. Talk to them about it. Keep them, keep them in the loop. This is a friendship. Everything going wrong with you is going wrong with me. So when you isolate me from that spot, we're not friends. That would never be our title if you're keeping me from a, a part of your life. I'm all in. Give me but that. I, would like, I mean, I would like it to take, to take it a step further. If all of your friends are coming to you with your problems, right, because they're downloading all of their stresses on you, like, what are you truly, what are you guys truly connecting on? You know, like, it's it, like, a, a lot of times, like, we connect with people on negativity, right? It's easy to connect on negativity than, some, than something positive. It's easy to say, you know what, Amali is going to be my rock, and then you just become that person. They're, they're building friendships with other people. They're closer with other people. They're having fun with other people. But when they need something, when they need a voice of reason, they come to you. You know, like, do you, is that the role that you want to play in your friend's life? Or do you want to really grow, to really establish something that everyone could benefit from, not just everyone else? If, if you leave it up to, with, like, my relationship with Aziz, if you, if, because he is who he is, it's easy for him to be everyone's rock. But he's not having it. <laughs> you know, like, he, he's taught me, you gotta, you gotta advocate for yourself. He's not having it. If, if he, he has no issues helping me resolve some things as long as I want to resolve my own issues as well. But he's not going to just allow me or anyone for that matter to use him to help them through their, 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 their issue and their drama, because that's not the type of relationship that he wants. So uh, I think that, you know, we all need to, I, I had to take a step back at a point in my life and realize like, what friendships do I want? Do I want those friendships where I'm everyone's rock and I'm helping everybody and we're bouncing problems off of each other and that's how we're really connecting or am i truly building with people where i'm not saying we don't have problems along the way because we do but it's more us building us connecting less us dealing with the problems and when we do deal with the problems it's easier because we're dealing with it together the question would be mainly is how do you have a mountain of problems and y'all got a close friendship that too like where's the where who's being proactive Who's the person being proactive? Like, why? how do you need a loaf of bread? And I got, how do you need bread in general? Sorry, need bread in general. And I got a loaf of bread in my house. Like, shit, wouldn't you get half of that loaf? But you only get half the loaf if the other person knows that you need bread. Like This is what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. <laughs> Molly ain't even telling me she, they, she needs bread. No. Like, this is, this is what I'm saying. Like, when you start living, when you start living a certain way, you don't make decisions. You make decisions with everybody in mind. That's the whole point. 
Like, there's so many things we all want to do individually. But you make decisions with everybody in mind at all times. That's what a partnership, that's what friendships are, that's what relationships should be about, personal relationships. You're making decisions with everybody in mind, every last person that you are in these relationships with. Because we do it with our kids with no problem, because that's yeah, how we sure work. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not saying there aren't people that don't, but there are mo most people are mindful of their children. But you don't have to be ever mindful of your children if you have great friends. Because they're mindful of your children. For like example, right? For me, my, my daughter says, Mommy, oh my God, you know so many people and people be calling you, walking up to you and do this and do this. Like for instance, she, I brag about my kids all the time because they're my pride and joy. Everything they do, I brag about it to people. So she always come to me and say, Ma, somebody came up to me and say, Hi, how are you doing? Da, 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 da. I say, Oh, yeah, that's a friend of mine. She's like, Why don't I know these people? Everybody's coming up to me, knowing me, but I don't know these people. I said, Good, because you can't do anything wrong because they're looking at you for me so you have to behave you know and she's like but how come i never see these people you never invite them home we don't have you know, i said because i don't like people coming to my house <laughs> so she's like well how could you have all these friends and nobody's around she always asks me that question she's looking for that support man really? i would think, worry I would about think, you she's yeah. worried about you I would think that that, yeah, I would think that that's a teaching moment for you and your daughter, like, because essentially, I would say that right there, you'd be setting a bad example of what friendship look like, looks like, but she can also see, like, something's missing here, like, this doesn't make sense, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? So I think, I, I think that it was, I'm glad that you brought it up, because it was interesting, because I don't necessarily, I, my automatic mind frame is, like, yeah, like, when we stay in bad relationships, right? We think, you know, whatever, our kids aren't seeing certain things, but they know exactly what the hell is going on, right? And it's the same thing. Sometimes they help us see things that we're not even paying attention to. Mm -hmm. you know what I mean, so although you don't want these people in your house, it's kind of saying, hey, this is what a friend is. A friend can be all these things, but really a friend should be one thing. Exactly. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, and, and that goes back to... I do believe, because that's how I was brought up, it takes a village to raise a child. So that's why when she says to me, Mommy, these people coming up to me and saying, Hi, how you doing? Is everything okay? How's your mom? Blah, blah, blah. She's like, all oh, these people know me, and I don't know these people. And like I tell her, yeah, because I have eyes watching you everywhere you go, so you can't get away with anything. So you have to have manners and respect when you're outside of my home. So I do have the concept of it takes a village and the friendship and the give and take, but it's like, I don't know how to give of myself fully yet. Used to, but more. It's about time you start. You know how you yeah, do? start peeling back that onion and really start connecting because it's really, it's one thing for your kids to know that they can roam the streets well, not Rome, but you know, move around the you know, move around the city, and they know that they may they 
there may be somebody around that knows them, that knows you, and they're an extension of you, and so on and so forth. But nothing's mm -hmm. better than knowing that they really truly have that hardcore support, that they can see someone that's familiar in an unfamiliar setting and be like, oh, I know this person, I feel a little comfortable now. You know what I mean? Because they've been to my house, my mom has this type of relationship with them. You know, they're, 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 it's really important that they see that, not just know of it and, and know like in the, the concept of it all, like they're gonna have your back. If they, they, if they see something happening, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna let me know, they're gonna notify me, they, they, we got, I have eyes on you, but they need that extra level of support. That's really important. And that's why she's asking. Kids are asking because she wants, she wants it too. She mm -hmm. wants to have that, that, that level of support. She wants to know that mommy's friends means that they come to the house, we hang out, you know, we're, we're eating together, we're cooking dinner together, we're, we're doing things, we're going to the beach together. Like those are the things that I'm sure your kids are yearning for because I learned too that I, although as much as I wanna be, oh, we think that we should be our everything to our children, that is unrealistic and unhealthy. I love the fact that Camille, well, my child, <laughs> can go to a friend of mine, could go to Jasmine and talk to her about things that she's not quite comfortable talking to me about. And I know for a fact that Jasmine's going to give her the advice that I will give her. And she knows that Jasmine's going to come back and tell me, but she didn't feel, she may not have felt comfortable telling me she has somebody else. I'm not jealous. I'm not like, I'm your mother. You tell me everything. Don't tell anything. I'm happy that she had that outlet. I'm happy that I was able to give her that outlet because we, the kids need it. Kids need that extra level of support. They need other people to talk to besides their parents to help them develop. That's true. And I do have a circle of friends that she know that I go hang out with back then and that I talk to on the regular and she has a Facebook page and they are friends with her on her Facebook page also. So she knows these certain individuals that she can go and talk to but she'd be like but they're never at the house you don't they invite them to the house you don't do you know what i mean that's so and i think about what she said to me but it's like i said it's like i don't know you how to, to change it, it. you have it, to change it that's why she knows that you're not being all the way vulnerable that's why she's challenging it like, like, uh, like you're creating a block there, which is why she's like, why they're not at the house. Definitely. She, mm -hmm. She's asking questions. She's old enough to start challenging certain things. She's probably been thinking it for a while, but she's challenging certain things. Mm -hmm. It's time to open up because when we think about it, the people we invite in our house is the people we trust. Exactly. We don't invite in our house. We don't bring our wild girlfriend home or our wild, our wild boyfriend home. Mm -hmm. and, like, the, the, the sad thing about our society is respect just means judgmental nowadays. Everybody we respect is judgmental. Us. We, we don't want to bring the wrong people around, but really they're our sounding board. They're the people that show us. If you can't bring them around them, you probably shouldn't be around them. Absolutely. But they're really the people that give us our checks and balances. So if you're not around people you can have around your kids, you really start need to start thinking about the people you have around you. Because all of them should be able to be around your kids. That's but they can. Like, I have really long-term friendship. I have my best friend that I've been friends with since 92. I have friends that I've been friends with for 15, 20 years, 30 years. And she knows that. You know what I mean? I do. It's just that it's, I've been through so much. So it's so, it's so hard for me to, to open up. 
So well, my advice to you that I think that you need to, we had a podcast on defining our terms, right? I think mm-hmm. that you need to stop calling those people your friends. They're not your friends then. And I think that that would give your daughter a, a clearer understanding of who these people are in your life. So those people that you can't open up to, those people that you don't want in your house, those people that you haven't known since 1992, those are not your friends. I think that you need to be clear on who they are, give them the proper label so that your daughter could kind of understand who they are, the role that they play in your life and know that they're mommy's acquaintance, no, but her friends are, her friends look like this. They have family members. Yeah. They're people you've known for a long time that you still can get down with. They're your family members. You go to yeah, a like, barbecue, you can go mm-hmm. hang out. They're your family members. But a friend is intertwined in your life. It's a big difference. Like, you have to you have to really think about what friendship is. You know yeah, that's what I, mean? what I was going to say. Like, you need, I think, you know, it's big for all of us. And not just to focus on you, Marty, but it's just like, you know, defining our terms. You know what I mean? Like, defining terms. What does friendship mean to me? And I think if you, even if you define, okay, this is what a friend means, maybe it'll be easier for you to be vulnerable. But when you have a diff, a whole bunch of people, you're calling a whole variety of people level of people that you know your friends. Why would you be vulnerable with any one of like your 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 beliefs about what a friendship is? Is kind of everywhere from what it seems, right? But if you identify, okay, define this is what a friend is. Maybe those people you'll learn to be more. Uh, vulnerable with and start to actually be able to build a friendship with or maybe the term maybe the definition that you come up with or that any one of us come up with none of the we realize that other people around us fit that term you know what i'm saying so i think in that regard like and all of us in some way or shape or form like really need to look at that and that can help us grow in these conversations but you gotta mm-hmm. even ask yourself if you a friend like, yeah, it's right to a point that. where you're not even, like, you're not even there for it. Like, I wouldn't call you a friend if you're saying this on, on, on a chat. Yeah, I'd be like, wait a Molly. Um, <laughs> I'm like, she's who not, am I? <laughs> like, that, like, let's be for real here. If I'm sitting back looking, I'm like, yo, this is not my friend. Yeah. Like, she's not even opening up to me. So you're not being a quality friend. And that, that's just the reality of it. So you have to start being a quality friend that's that quality friend. You got the wall up, of course. The wall's gonna be up. You get what I'm saying? So, but you know, it's 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 ten, ten thirty-two. Been over two minutes. Over. <laughs> a little over. We never do that, huh? <laughs> I know, but this was a really good conversation, and um, yeah. whoever didn't get the opportunity to share, you know, share it because it's a really good one. And you know, Molly, thank you for being vulnerable. I know that we focus a lot, a lot on the examples that you gave, and. Um, but it was good, and I think that your stories and everything that you shared is going to help other people as well with our feedback. So, if you again, if you didn't share, share it. Thanks, everyone, for, for joining. If you didn't subscribe to our text messages, you can subscribe by texting Love Snobs to 39970. If you haven't checked out our website, check out our website, lovesweekjourney.com, where we have all of our media. Some of the old podcasts that we talked about, defining your terms, all that stuff is on our love style media page that you can check that out as well and it's been another eventful discussion so thank you thank you have a yo, good jess. Day. yo jess yo jess it's nice what? to see you man oh yeah nice to see you jessica <laughs> <laughs> finally he finally fell asleep so yeah, i, I say we, we, we were face. available the same day <laughs> i know i couldn't crazy. believe it it's too long <laughs> All right, enjoy everybody. All right, bye guys. Yes. Bye. Bye, bye. Bye, Drastic. Bye. Bye, 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 bye